Okay. Okay. Ready? Mm-hmm. And I'm Steven. And this is Suspend Belief, a bi-weekly podcast where we provide personal stories and in-depth analyses of our most polarizing political and social issues. With the hope that just for an episode's time, you might suspend your beliefs and consider a new perspective. Welcome back! Since we took a break, it's obvious that a whole lot has happened, namely the 2016 election. And because Donald Trump's election was such a surprise to so many people, both his supporters and opponents alike, we thought it would be best to start the season off by interviewing a wide range of Trump supporters to find out how he won their support. Full disclosure, neither Stephen nor I were Trump voters, so we hoped these interviews would help us understand his voters and support better too. And since there was such a wide range of people who we found in support of him, we're going to make this one a two-parter. For some quick statistics of the overall voter demographics, however, more women voted for Clinton, as expected, but Trump still got 42% of the female vote. And more young people voted for Clinton, but a large majority of voters over 40 voted for Trump. There was also a clear racial divide between Democrats and Republicans. Trump won majority of whites votes, 58% to 37%, and Clinton won the black vote, 88% to 8%. Also, 14% of LGBT people admitted to pollsters that they too voted for Donald Trump. This week we hear from Mike, a 46-year-old male living in South Carolina, and Matthew, a young religious gay male living in New Mexico. Stay tuned! Hey, how are you? Good. How are you doing? Oh, good. Not bad. Okay. So first off, I um, I just think the little blurb that you sent back to me in the Craigslist ad is pretty cool. So I'm going to read it to you and maybe you can yeah. expand on that. Okay. So basically you wrote to me, the reason I voted for Donald Trump was I'm sick and tired of politics as usual. And I think many of them are crooks and liars and I wanted someone to blow up the system. I'm 46 year old white male. So what do you mean by blow up yes. the system? That's pretty, that's, you know, that's a pretty oh. specific. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. So maybe in today's terms that blow up the system wasn't very good, but uh, I mean, uh, what I mean is completely up in the whole system. You know, I am a conservative um, and I have heard over and over again by Republicans, you know, if we only had the presidency, then we could do something. And then once we had the presidency, oh, if we only had the presidency in Congress, we could do something. And and then once we had the president and the House, then, oh, if we only had the presidency, the House, and the Senate, then we could do something. So, you know, it, it's like every time the bar is moved uh, and they keep on trying to – they're trying to say, oh, if we only had this, then we could really do something. Yeah. So, you know, I mean it's just – forget it. Let's, let's try something completely different. You know, we've been doing this, you know, you know, we've had two Bush administrations, you know, and we haven't accomplished very many of our goals at all. I don't think as conservatives. Gotcha. So I, I put that Craigslist ad up in multiple areas in the country. So just give, just give the listeners a little bit of an idea where you are, where you're from, and maybe how that plays into your political views. Yeah. Well, I mean, I grew up in West Virginia. I graduated from high school there. And then I came down to uh, Greenville, South Carolina, um, uh, to Bob Jones University. And I stayed there for about 15 years. And then I moved to Columbia, South Carolina uh, for um, to do some uh, political jobs. And then I basically gave up politics about five years ago or so, because I thought that, you know, the whole system is corrupt, you know, and there's just no changing it. I mean, I, I, I'm, you know, I'm a Christian, so I mean, I have a very social conservative uh, view, and I also have a, a very fiscal conservative view, um, you know, and so that's what made me, you know, kind of disappointed with the Bush administration. Some, I think that they, they did some, they did some good on the social aspects, 
But then, you know, we went further into debt than we ever, I mean, once again, than we had and had to do a lot there and and did not keep up with the financials, I don't think, with the uh, George W. Bush administration. I got you. Okay. If it's okay with you, do you mind if I start asking questions about this past election cycle? Yeah, go ahead. Um, so first off, I think you've, you've mentioned over and over that you're a conservative. So I'm just curious. We've been asking all the people we've been interviewing how you vote in the past. Is it pretty consistently Republican or has it kind of been mixed? Yes. No, I've always voted Republican. I have voted for one Democrat uh, way, I think, back in 89. Um, we, The Republican Party in South Carolina had someone um, – who was less than stellar, who was running for adjutant general. They're in charge of the state national guard. And at that point in time, I voted for the democratic nominee, um, which was Stan Spears. And I think that's pretty much the last Democrat I voted for. I think the reason that we like to ask that question is that we've um, kind of crowdsourced a lot of questions from people. And there are, there are a lot of conservative voices that have spoken to us and they said that for some reason, this election, they couldn't vote with the Republican choice. They couldn't vote with the conservative choice. So I think that um, it's always interesting to me to hear if you were Republican before and you continue to vote re Republican because some people don't really see him that way. Yeah, and I, I understand what they're talking about. But at the same time, I felt that he was conservative enough for me. Okay, I, I did not... I did not think I think that he adequately explained his viewpoints of changing on abortion and on the other social causes. He was enough for me on those points. But when we have a twenty trillion dollar deficit or close to a twenty trillion dollar deficit, it we can't be we can't be fighting over every single social issue. Uh, I mean the problem I mean the enemy is at the gate and the and the and the enemy is the deficit. And if we don't fix that, you know, it doesn't matter if we're pro-life or pro-choice, any of those things. Uh, if we, if America fails, you know, and goes bankrupt, none of those issues will be important anymore. I'm curious then, what was your initial reaction to Donald Trump way back in the primaries? Was he your top choice right from the get-go or did you have your eye on someone else? No, he wasn't my top choice. I mean, with all the initial people that were in the race, I really was a Scott Walker supporter, and I was I was very um, enthusiastic about him uh, because I think he's a he's a true social conservative Christian. And then I also I did like uh, Ben Carson and, and Ted Cruz some, but always in the back of my mind, it was just cool what Donald Trump was saying, and I was like, oh yeah, you know, I mean. <laughs> So you didn't have a negative, um, was, you didn't have like a negative reaction to him at first. No, you know, I mean, I, I really appreciate, I, I mean, I think it was always interesting to see him on TV before the presidency, you know, I mean, so that kind of cemented some of my opinions of him. And I always thought of him as a, a very good businessman. And so that always gave me a little bit of a positive impression of him, you know, I mean, but I wasn't like an, oh, I mean, I wasn't like an open, you know, cheerleader for Trump at that point in time. It was probably closer to, you know, like maybe three or four months out of our primary here. Um, you know, our primary, I think, was in January. So probably three or four months close to our primary. I was more of a Trump supporter at that point in time. And more vocal about it, um, just to kind of completely change the system. Because, I mean, I mean, no one else caught my fancy or really incited me that much, you know? I see, yeah. And so I know that you mentioned basically federal deficit. Sounds like that's one of your biggest issues. Can you name some of the other major policies that you tend to vote on? Yeah, well, I mean, of course, there's always the pro-life issue. Um, I just think the what was happening or or what I was feeling during the Obama administration was that um Christians were basically you know being um almost cast down discouraged or you know almost uh mistreated by the government you know if you look at their how they use the i r s with the five oh one c three status you know and going after conservative groups et cetera et cetera so 
what I would hope from the federal government is to basically just be left alone, you know, not targeted, not, uh, you know, derided, you know, basically just left alone. Uh, you know, as long as I'm not violating any federal laws, you know, I mean, then just leave me alone and let me do what I want to do. So, um, that's, do you think that that's something that Donald Trump represented your views on pretty well? Yeah, I think it is. I mean, I'm not sure that Donald Trump is a Christian, okay? I'm not going to say that. But I think that he has a respect for Christians and a respect for God, uh, or at least I feel so. Uh, and I think that he does not want to um, trample on any of those rights, you know, for Christians or for Bible believers. Uh, and, and so that's why I felt Trump was coming from. Um out of truly my own curiosity, I always think that um, yeah. the religion issue is very fascinating because I think many people tend to perceive Obama as being unreligious. Or do you think that you fall into that camp? Uh, I don't know that he was unreligious. Um, I, I will say that I think that he was more... Uh, I think he moved us in a different direction than what we were in. Um, you know, I, I think under his presidency, I think we celebrate a little bit more of uh, Muslim holidays versus the Christian holidays that we had been celebrating. Um, you know, some things were changed around there. I, I'm not saying that he was not a Christian. Uh, you know, I mean, he says he's a Christian. So, I mean, I have to take him at his word. Uh, but it did seem that the emphasis was not on Christianity, but on other religions. I see. So essentially, a lot of your views come back. It sounds like to your Christian identity. I, I, it is to it is to on the social conservative viewpoint. Uh, it is. Yeah. I also think that the major thing I was voting for, or, or the major thing that I think with Donald Trump is, you know, a lot of people got disappointed with his language or whatever, but I think he's more of a manager. You know, I don't think Donald Trump is out there choosing the bricks that's going to go into the next project he has. I think he delegates that responsibility to someone. And I saw the people that he was putting around him, you know, such as Mike Pence and these people that are being appointed are very good um, businessmen or social conservatives. He's delegating that responsibility. He's presenting an overall viewpoint to them. This is what I want. And then he's, he is basically somewhat hands-off uh, for those nominees and, and letting them do whatever they want to do, basically. Yeah. I'm curious what you said at the beginning. You said that a lot of people were paying a lot of attention to his language. I mean, I think it's almost impossible to not pay attention to some of his language. It's just a matter of how much weight you think that that carries. Um, and I had a question for you only because yeah. I had interviewed a woman mm -hmm. who said that uh, that leaked tape uh, with him and Billy Bush, the grab women by the P word um, <laughs> tape. Essentially, she said that that was the moment that she questioned if he was the Christian candidate. I'm wondering if you had a similar reaction to that. Well, I, I mean, I, I can't remember when the tape, I mean, or when the tape was reported. Uh, but yes, I mean, I... I don't know that I ever said that Trump was a Christian um, throughout my time. Uh, so, yeah, it was discouraging what he said. I mean, I didn't, I, you know, I didn't appreciate that. Um, but at the same time, our only other choice at that point in time was, you know, Hillary Clinton, who, I mean, we knew where she stood and we knew what she would do as president. Right. Um, so it, it, there was no choice at that point in time. So the, I'm, I'm not, I, I don't support that kind of language. You know, I don't think that's a good thing. Um, we all use words wrong sometimes, you know, and it's, it's, it's a sad, I think that's a sad case. He shouldn't have used that language, but you know, he did. And I mean, he did apologize for it. Uh, but I would prefer not to you know, have a president not use that type of language. I think I'm going to come back to that 
to that issue yeah. a little bit later, but just because you mentioned Secretary Clinton, um, so what were your opinions of Hillary Clinton during the campaign? Uh, you know, I mean, I remember back during the Clinton administration, you know, those people, well, I mean, I won't say, I shouldn't say those people, but I think the the Clintons and the people that she surrounds herself with are just uh, people that are totally out of touch with mainstream America. They are so far to the left. Uh, they are crazy. You know, and I think you saw that with the WikiLeaks that came out. Um, and, you know, John Podesta, who is her campaign manager, um, talking about the spirit lunch. And I will never forget reading about what the spirit, uh, what a spirit, oh, I'm sorry, spirit dinner, what a spirit dinner is. And literally, I can usually take most things, but I had to quit reading the article because I thought it was so disgusting. Uh, and I was like, oh, my goodness. I mean, to have, you know, someone <laughs> to have someone so close to the nominee like that, that would be supporting the spirit dinner. I mean, basically, they were making art and cooking with bodily fluids. Uh, and I mean, I, I remember reading that. It just I mean, I was I was disgusted. I mean, it was just gross. You know, I, I mean, I don't know what else to say. I mean, just filthy. I think it's the only reason I think it's kind of funny is because we host we host this bipartisan um, radio show. And I think it's this is a really interesting election because people have those moments to point to on both sides and both sides tend to discount the one on their party. So something that has come up consistently in the other interviews is um, a little bit of distrust in different forms of news media. Um, and I'm curious how you go about getting your news. If like, if you pay a lot of attention to your sources because you're nervous about it, or do you think that they're all pretty equal? Let me tell you, I mean, I consider myself a, I mean, well, I'm a college educated person. And, you know, I mean, I think I tend to under, I mean, I think I can uh, evaluate the media source, but I will tell you that there are some times where, you know, I am, you know, I mean, some outrageous media source catches me. Uh, you know, I mean, the one I think about of someone who was about to jump off a bridge and only this one congressman could talk them down off of the bridge. Um, and, you know, I finally saw that it was from the onion, <laughs> you know, my, but the, <laughs> the story was, the story was written, you know, very well, you know, I mean, it was very convincing and I was like, wow, you know, maybe this really happened. I mean, someone was on this bridge in Greenville and, you know, and only this one congressman could talk him down. I mean, it's a, and I think we're all like that. I mean, so if I get, you know, I think if I get confused at some of that stuff, I can only imagine other people getting confused with uh, other news sources. But, you know, you have to check your news sources. You know, it can't be just a, a Facebook, you know, from, you know, some alt-right organization or even some alt-left organization. Um, you know, and you have to constantly evaluate what they're saying and, and where that news is coming from. Uh, and it's not always easy to do, you know. I mean, I'll admit that. I mean, sometimes I'm caught. Are there any news organizations that you tend to be more trustful of, more trusting of than others? Well, I mean, I do like the Fox News organization, but I mean, it's not like I just sit and watch Fox. It's more I look at Facebook. I mean, I get more of my news from Facebook and it's via clips. I tend to like to go to the first source. You know, if someone says, you know, that Donald Trump said uh, blah, blah, blah. You know, I kind of want to see a video of Donald Trump saying that. So, I mean, I try to be careful to get firsthand information rather than second or third hand. So, yeah, I mean, I tend to, I guess I tend to believe, um, you know, Fox News more and I C-SPAN, you know, things that can show me actual clips, you know, or actual video. I, I want some proof of what they're saying is true. That's what I'm looking for. Yeah. 
That makes sense. Oh, I'm sorry. Also, the Drudge Report. The Drudge Report. I love the Drudge Report. <coughs> the Drudge Report? I don't even know the Drudge Report. Oh, you haven't heard of the Drudge Report? The Drudge Report just is a, it, it's, it's more of a conservative viewpoint, but he will link um, to articles across, you know, from different, from all kinds of different sources. Um, you know, via CNN or different, and he'll give it a, he might give it a little bit of a different title uh, or a different headline. Um, I see, I see. So that kind of leads me to, I just opened this up on my computer. I just wanted to see the format you were talking about. Yeah. Um, so when we interview people on the other side of things, they tend to view this election as having a lot to do with race and gender. And I know it's an awkward question, but I just have to ask if you found that that played a role in the election this year. I think the gender did more than per se race. Now I live in South Carolina. Okay. So I mean, take that into account, but I remember several times, um, going to Walmart and, you know, I'm either dropping, I'm, I'm taking my mother to Walmart. Um, and there was like a car, it's like a piece of junk car, you know I mean? Let's just face it. And there are African-Americans in the car and there's a Trump sticker on it. And you're like, well, that's interesting. Um, you know I mean? I, I saw that more than once, you know, I mean, someone who was driving a car that had a Trump sticker that, you know, that should, I mean, that I would think should not be voting for Donald Trump that works. Um, now, at the same point in time, I mean, there was many in the Republic. I mean, there was some in the Republican Party that said, you know, absolutely, I'm a never Trump. I don't care. He's disgusting. I'm never voting for him. You might as well just forget it and never talk to me about it again. So, you know, I mean, there's some on the other side. So I think race played some. I don't think race was as strong as it was during the Obama time, uh, but I think it was more uh, a gender-based uh, you know, with Hillary Clinton. I think that the women were more that way. So do you think, honestly, that there was some gender bias against Hillary Clinton? Oh, yeah. I, I, absolutely, I absolutely do think that there was some gender bias. Um, you know, I mean, there are some, I, I mean, there are men in South Carolina, let's just face it, there are men in South Carolina that believe that a woman should not be president. Uh, I have no problem saying that. Uh, so, yeah, I think that there was some gender bias against Hillary there. I think that also she just did not portray herself very well. I mean, she's not a very warm and fuzzy person, you know? I think that she's known to be, you know, a meaner person. And I think, or at least I think, and I don't know her. I've never... Wait, but I'm curious because this is where I've this, never met her. But this is where I think it's really interesting, and I think that um, I think that you can go down the rabbit hole a little bit on this one because to say that Hillary yeah. Clinton is kind of a mean person, but that Donald Trump we respect for being kind of saying it like it is. Like I don't know. I think that it is kind of interesting the different way that they're perceived. No, it is. I I, I think it is an interesting way of, of it being perceived. I, I my I think more of Hillary as I mean, can we say a, a panderer and Donald Trump as, I mean, he might say what he, you know, I mean, he might say whatever he wants to say, but he does seem to have a, a genuine, um, you know, uh, thankful spirit to the people who work for him and the people that, uh, the people that are underneath of him. But I, you could easily be right on that whole thing. I mean, and, and I don't know either one of them personally. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I've seen Don, I've seen Donald Trump, but I don't think I've ever seen Hillary. Uh, so. Right, right. <laughs> well, that's the part. So, I, I don't I don't know what's I don't know what goes on behind the scenes. No. So um, I think that I think the one thing that myself as a woman I had a hard time with was the way Donald Trump spoke about women, um, and I thought it was kind of a really interesting experience to be a woman and to have as problematic as Hillary Clinton is to just have this woman on stage with a guy who continuously said pretty derogatory things about women. Um, and I don't know, I'm just curious, do you think that the way Donald Trump speaks about women or treats women 
Did you get that vibe from him too, or was it just? No, I know. I, I, I would tend to agree with you. I mean, that is probably, I, I, I think he kind of modified it over the years, okay? Uh, but I mean, I'm, I'm not saying he's per, I, and I never said that Donald Trump is perfect, okay? Uh, I mean, I think we all have flaws. And I probably think that that's one of his flaws is, you know, how he does talk about women. You know, I, I would prefer a president to be a little bit more uh, tame in his language, um, you know, than what Donald Trump is. And and I think that's probably one of the things that he could be working on. I, I mean, it might not be happening, but, you know, I, I would prefer not to hear that or to see that. Okay. Yeah. But when you're, I was faced more with the, the battles that were going on, you know, ideologically rather than pretty much what he was saying. You know, I was taking it more that he would be a manager. Um, and that's why I was, you know, voting for him more, uh, that he would just oversee the stuff and that he wouldn't necessarily be doing, you know, everything. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. So talking about his managerial type style, what do you think about the people he's been appointing to his cabinet so far? Is he making you feel happy that you voted for him or is it maybe making you question it? No, it's making me very happy, the people he's appointed. Uh, I think the people he's appointed have been rock solid conservatives and hence impresses me. Uh, whoever is a nominee for Secretary of Defense I can't remember his name. Mad Dog something. Mad, it's Mattis. Uh, impressed me. Mattis, that's it. Mattis. Uh, impressed me. You know, I, so I haven't been very disappointed with his choices for the high-level positions for cabinet. Oh, yeah, Dr. Carson for HUD. I mean, all of those are managerial positions. I mean, you know, I mean, and he's picking managers, you know. Um, what do you think? Yeah. What did you think about his appointment of Steve Bannon? Did you hear about that one? Yes, I, I did. And I'm fine with Steve Bannon, you know? I mean, I I don't, I mean, I know the media is uh, coining this term called alt-right, which I never heard of until like three months ago or something. Um, and I don't think that he's a racist, you know? Uh, if he is, then I would denounce him, you know? I mean, I don't want to see a racist in there, but I don't, I think to have just to allow those viewpoints to be expressed, I don't think is a problem because I think that whenever we see the Klan or whenever we see Nazis or, you know, I mean, or any, any of that type of skinheads, I think the more press we give them, the better because it exposes them and it shows their stupidity and hopefully will shame them into um, into hiding or into something else. But I don't think that Steve Bannon is that type of person. You know, I mean, to say that there is no racism in the United States, I, I mean, that's clearly, you know, I mean, that's clearly wrong. I mean, there is racism, you know, in some different places. Uh, I would just hope that as racism turns up, you know, it is exposed and then it is dealt with. Um, you know, and the people are either shamed into it or something uh, to you know, to have their viewpoints changed, uh, the pressures put upon them. Yeah. The, the reason I ask about Steve Bannon is, is that there are a couple of the headlines that he ran in his, new, in his organizations that are pretty problematic, but I'm actually going to skip that really quick just because you started talking about the racism thing. Um, I think that that is a really big topic right now, as I'm sure you know, um, and some people think it's overblown and some people it's not talked about enough, but like what is your view on racism in 2017? Like, do you think it's the same as it's been? Do you think it's less than usual? I think it is less to some extent, okay? Uh, I mean, are we perfect? Uh, you know, as I said, no, we're not. Uh, I think that we as conservatives need to look at a few things, okay? And clearly, um, I mean, there are some things that are starting to change my mind on, you know, some of those opinions. You know, I and I, I haven't been able to document this yet. So, but I mean, there was, I think there was a show on TV saying that there are now more African-Americans incarcerated than was, uh, than there were in slavery, um, yeah. which is a very interesting, you know, I mean, which is very interesting. I mean, that kind of grabbed me 
But I will also tell you, I've talked with, you know, district attorneys here in South Carolina that are prosecuting cases uh, and asked them the same question. I'm like, you know, there seems to be a disproportionate number of African-Americans locked up to whites. Why is that? I mean, are they not getting their, you know, I mean, do they not get a lawyer, et cetera, et cetera, or, or what's going on? And they clearly respond back. You know, there is no racism. They do more violent crimes, um, you know, and. I'm not saying I know the answer, okay, because I don't. Um, but I do think that it is something that we need to look at. Um, is there a problem with cops targeting African Americans? You know, I, I mean, Senator Scott has said, you know, the same thing that um, he's been targeted as a as an African American male. Uh, and I don't, you know, I don't know whether cops do or not. You know, and I also don't know whether. Uh, African-Americans are more intimidated when they're stopped by cops, you know, I mean, you know, I mean, to be scared or something and to, you know, I mean, be jittery and that would make the cop a little bit more jittery, you know, so I think those are some issues that we need to look at. And I also think that we need to sit down and we need to have one-on-one conversations with African-Americans. I mean, me as a white guy, you know, we need to have conversations with them and start understanding what they're talking about, you know, and I've done that in some of, you know, in some meetings that I've been in, you know, and it's fascinating to uh, try to understand what they're saying. And you're like, wow, you think, I mean, they believe that, you know, slavery, um, you know, I mean, they team everything back to slavery and that because they had no economic understanding, you know, they were, and they were just thrown into the game, you know, by being free, that they had no understanding of uh, economics and therefore had no way to accomplish anything. And, you know, I mean, it's an interesting thought. And, you know, I mean, things that need to be talked about uh, more. I think the majority party, which is the Republican Party right now, I think has to maintain an open dialogue with everybody, you know, I think they have to go to African-American churches. They have to go to, you know, even Muslim leaders and start talking to them uh, and trying to keep an open dialogue. Because I think when people don't know each other, I think that's when the mistrust really happens. You know, are we, are we going to make it perfect? No. But, you know, I mean, I think we can make it better. And it's just going to take some time. <laughs> Yeah. Do you think that I think a lot of people who do believe that a lot of black people in the country are set up without an equal playing field? Um, do you think it's possible that that's true? Like if you're born into an area with abysmal education and high crime that from the beginning you're kind of set up to fail. Do you think that that's possible? I think it is to some extent. I, I think the other thing that plays into that is family, you know, and if you look at it also, you know, the um, um, single mother uh, rate, you know, in African-American, uh, in African-American society is like, what, it's 70% or something like that. I think ha not having a stable family and then not having a good education and then not, and then living in a bad place, I think compounds it. Okay. It's easier to overcome if you have a, uh, you know, a better family. They would force you to do a little bit better in education and then, you know, on and on. Just as a last question, I think that a lot of people talk about just Donald Trump's personality um, and the way that he tends to react really strongly to people who disagree with him, especially publicly on Twitter. And I'm wondering if you think that that one, is it okay to have someone like him representing the country? And like, two, do you think that that's really that big of a deal or no? Uh, I mean, to some extent, I mean, you know, I don't, I mean, I think that it is very good that he basically takes it back to some of these people, you know, that are constantly on his case. You know, I mean, I think that, you know, to go right back to that person, you know, and to do it. But, I, would I like his language to be better and more presidential? Yes, of course I would. I mean, but that is also some of how Donald Trump has made, you know, what he is today, you know, 
he always has had that. Uh, you know, he'll just say whatever he believes and then moves on. Um, so yeah, I mean, does, I mean, is it necessarily the best? No, I don't think it's necessarily the best, but it's the way that he tends to work. Do you and, think- I mean, we'll see. It's been really it's been really fascinating for me to watch since the election just to see how people react to all of this because he has already just done some things in the usual Donald Trump way which is just like quickly and without much thought and in some ways like you're saying that gets things done but on the international scale you know he's already offended China which is a powerhouse country (laughs) and kind of offended a lot of our allies like do you think that he could change the way we interact with the whole world I think I mean it is possible but at the same time I mean to me personally I don't care if he offends China I mean last time I looked China was a communist nation I mean, they're out there kill. I mean, they kill people for dissenting, you know, I mean, for having a dissenting viewpoint. I, I, I didn't, well, I don't know about China. Um, you know, other countries, I mean, such as some of those in the Middle East, you know, I mean, they basically stone you for being gay. And, you know, and we're wanting to be friends with those countries. Uh, you know, I mean, to me, some of those countries don't matter. I mean, I, I mean, I don't want to say that they don't matter, but. I don't care whether we have a great relationship with China or not. You know, fine. If we don't have a great relationship, no big deal. We can move on and we can do whatever we want to do. Uh, do they own our debt? Yes, they own our debt. I mean, but they're a communist nation. You know, you don't have free rights in China. Your internet is censored in China. Uh, you know, the government tells you basically what to think and to believe in China. Uh, so, to offend China doesn't matter in the least little bit. Um, you know, I mean, I, are they going to do anything? No, they're not going to do anything. What, what, are, what do they want to do? do, they want to destroy, I mean, I'm sure they want to destroy America, but even if they destroy America, they're going to bankrupt their own country if they try to destroy America. Uh, so, as I said, you know, a communist can do whatever he wants to do. I don't really care. You know, I mean, a communist country or something like that, they can do whatever they want to do, and we can say whatever we want to to them. Um, I think we do have to be cautious to some extent, but it doesn't bother me that we beat up on China or some of these other countries that everyone wants to talk about. I mean, Palestine, I mean, some of those. I mean, I mean, those in the Middle East, even in Africa, where they literally kill you, you know, for saying something wrong. So, you know, I mean, if you want to go to those countries and take on that type of mentality, fine. I mean, go there. But, you know, I mean, you're not our friend. <laughs> yeah. Um, so last, yeah. I just want to give you the opportunity to say anything that you didn't get a chance to say before I stop recording. So if you have any sort of last statement, go ahead. Yeah, I, don't, I would just say to, to the liberals out there, listen, I mean, you know, Take a chill pill. The presidency of the United States is not that powerful. He's really not going to change your day-to-day life, okay? To the conservatives, I would say, hey, let's hang on, and let's try to change the system for the better. Let's try to reduce the debt and actually make some changes. And let's talk to each other as conservatives, liberals, libertarians, or whatever. Continue to communicate um, and and see if we can make this um, a better nation. You know, I'm hopeful that there's going to be a better America, Um, you know, and there's going to, I mean, America is going to be around after Donald Trump, you know, the, I don't think the answers are going to be found in the White House. I think they're going to be found in the church house. Yeah. Today's episode is brought to you by audible.com. For all of you who don't know what it is, Audible is the world's largest producer of audiobooks, and they have over 180,000 different titles to choose from. After listening to the episode, you can head on over to audibletrial.com forward slash thismindbelief and get a free audiobook along with a 30-day membership trial. For those of you who need a recommendation, I'm actually currently in the middle of listening to When Breath Becomes Air, 
and it was recommended to me by a friend, and it's about a neurosurgeon who has spent his career saving lives and then is diagnosed with cancer himself, so he sort of reflects on the challenge of being faced with dying as well as the relationship between doctor and patient as he transitions from one to the other. It's really sad, but really amazing, and I strongly recommend it. Again, just head over to audibletrial.com forward slash suspendbelief and get a free audiobook along with a 30-day membership trial. I'm, reg- I'm a registered Republican um, in New Mexico, and I voted Republican this election, and then I've only gotten to vote another, just one other election, maybe two others, but it's always been Republican. Why don't you just start out by telling me just a little bit about yourself? Um, my name is Matthew Ryan. I'm a resident of Albuquerque, New Mexico, and I still reside here and 27 years old and work for the Indian National Labs. And um, can you just talk a little bit about your political affiliation um, currently and how you voted in the past uh, before the 2016 election? I'm, re- I'm a registered Republican. Growing up and stuff, you at a young age learned like who on TV was like a good president and who wasn't just depending on even just hanging out with like your parents and stuff, it kind of hits you at like a really, really young age. Do you feel as though your parents were pretty open in letting you decide who you liked and disliked? Or do you think that they pretty much paved the way? For- um, They pretty much paved the way. Like it was always a matter of here's who we're voting for and here's why you should vote. They were pretty open about it. I mean, they didn't just say because we're voting for them, you have to vote for them. They listed out a lot of reasons about we're pretty religious in the Catholic Church and how that more resonates with a Republican candidate in in some ways, but not always. So it's kind of like, we vote this way for this. You should probably do the same. And it was just kind of like, okay. So I guess coming up to 2016, obviously, President Obama has been in office for eight years. Have there been any feelings towards him? Like, do your parents like, dislike, or neutral? And how do you feel about him. Personally, my parents absolutely despise him. <laughs> Myself, though, it was kind of, he's been different in a lot of ways as a president to do kind of things that no one's ever done before, like the Affordable Care Act and things like that, that I think are very attractive towards, I would say, majority of Americans, which I think has improved morale a lot. I feel um, a lot of, not all again, but a lot of people really like him, which is kind of hard to kind of say I don't like him. If I'm being honest, I kind of not a huge fan. In um, my personal view, I think that he's created a divide in America, mainly around race. Um, just the whole he would go to like someone that was African American's funeral, and then something would happen. The exact same thing would happen to someone white, and then he wouldn't attend. It was just weird. Just certain things, and like I feel more divided now than I did eight years ago. Considering racism played a pretty big part in the 2016 election, I actually think that it's a perfect segue. But I'm just sort of wondering, um, in terms of racism, do you think that it's, you know, there are some people that say it's something that liberals think up or, you know, some people think that it is there and that, you know, maybe President Obama just brought to light some of the issues just by virtue of him being black. I guess what is your sort of thought? I would definitely say racism is alive and well. Um, in the United States, which is horrible to think. And I think a lot of times people do avoid it. And so it could be a combination of bringing to light that these problems do still exist. But at the same time, I think it wasn't just bringing it up. It was also kind of like being counterproductive in some in some aspects, not all. It's definitely easier for people to kind of just say, that just doesn't exist anymore. That's, that's the thing of the past. But I definitely think it still does. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to come back to that for sure, um, but I was just wondering if we could talk just a little bit more specifically about the 2016 election, and um, if we could just start with your sort of initial reaction to, I mean, obviously during the primaries, there were, you know, I can't remember, like 15 Republican candidates, um, and so yeah. your just initial reaction to all of that, and specifically what you were thinking about Donald Trump during the primaries. Um, so during the primaries, I had no desire um, to vote for Donald Trump at all. Um, I really, really, really liked Ben Carson. 
genius man, like neuroscience, super just down to earth individual. I read a little bit of his book and kind of just researched a little bit of him, um, like kind of where he came from, what he stands for and really, really liked him. But as the weeks went on and as things kind of progressed, realized that he wouldn't stand a chance against someone like Hillary Clinton. So kind of had to go against my initial reaction and did vote for Donald Trump in the primaries. And at that point in time, it was more or less just kind of strategically thinking about who could win an election potentially. But a lot of people kind of ask about like, okay, so you're gay. How did it feel voting for someone who may or may not support gay policies? I didn't really consider that um, during this election. I really thought that that decision laid a lot with the states. So it wasn't like a big factor me voting this time around. I look at pro-life, which goes back to like my Catholic roots. Look at like kind of economic plans, policies, trade policies a little bit. Just kind of the visions on that. I mean, I kind of looked all over. Didn't do like extensive, extensive research, but those are things that come to mind. Okay, I just want to spend a little bit of time on you mentioning that you were gay but didn't actually look into the policy. So I was just wondering if you can speak to like how you can justify a vote for a party that is usually, and I mean, especially if you're like considering the vice president right now, is very like outwardly against the idea of like, right, so, right. Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess I just figured that in the grand scheme kind of you're not going to find someone that has every quality that you're gonna gonna look for and that and that person can't please everyone either so, i mean typically the republican party does not really support these kinds of things i would agree it's just never really been a huge factor for for me like ever i don't know like i definitely believe that i deserve the same rights as everyone else that's for sure but it's just never been I guess I put other things before before that when considering who to vote for. Okay. Which is a little weird, I know, but <laughs> No, it's not weird at all. It's fascinating. I, I mean, I think that everyone has issues that they prioritize and don't prioritize. And I think the thing is that LGBT identifying people, that's the issue that they care most about in most cases, Definitely. I guess. Or totally agree. I mean can you just sort of map out what policies or, or things that you care a little bit more about when choosing your vote than LGBT issues? Right to life is like a, probably like the biggest one. You know, obviously churches can't tell you who to vote for because they're a 501 your organization, but it was a constant, you know, like when talking with people at church, and I teach third grade catechism too, um, for third graders and all the parents were like, oh my gosh, we just we can't vote for someone that doesn't believe in that. Like, it was kind of just, that sticks with me probably the most. Kind of like someone that is more pro-life than the other. I mean, still not like the greatest candidate, but <laughs> yeah, just economically too, I think that we are not going to do good as a country unless we're positioned well. I know that from a business standpoint, which is, I think, what you were getting at is might be might be good for American business um, to have a businessman running the country. But at least on the Democratic side, like there's people that are very, very scared of his handling of foreign relations and his projected handling Definitely. of foreign relations. And so definitely, um, definitely, in the bigger picture, it was really weird. And I would always tell my parents too, like when they were like, "No, I think Donald Trump's the one." Like we're gonna vote for like during the primaries and stuff. And me and my sister were like no, like, no, we're not going to go that route. And then my dad was like, he just made a comment of, he may not know all of it because he's not a politician, but he was going to find people that do know, you know, to kind of guide him and steer the way and things like that. But I feel like on the other side of that coin is, I think that a lot of politicians may they're politicians so they try and win over your vote and they try to do that he definitely isn't a politician i mean he's tacky in a lot of ways he's obnoxious he's very just he's not a politician though so it was kind of just 
it was just a different way to go for a while for the country, I think. Um, I, I also, I just want to keep um, talking a little bit more about this. Earlier, you were talking about how you were, you're a catechism teacher and um, obviously very involved with your church. And so I think that a lot of the stigma and um, sort of like homophobia that's in American politics, I think is actually rooted in um, sort of religion and Christianity. Um, totally, and so totally. I was just wondering, like on a personal level, how you sort of interact with this really interesting um, like series of <laughs> things on a daily basis. Cause it's, I don't know. I just, I haven't met many people that. I don't know. Like it's, it's, it's a little weird. I go to a church that one never mentions it in mass anywhere. I mean, we definitely being Catholic, like in the church marriages in between like a man and a woman, which I'm totally fine with, like that I can never get married in a Catholic church. In the state's view, I definitely like at some point in my life would would love to get to that level with someone. But in the church's view, it's just we just say, you know, occasionally like marriage is between a man and a woman. Never talk about anything um, homosexual, anything. Nothing's ever mentioned. So it's really easy for me to know when I go to church on Sunday that it's never going to come up. I'm never going to get awkward because I think that would really honestly deter me. Like I don't want to deal with that in mass, like with my family that obviously knows I'm gay and things like that. So it's just never really, it never comes up at church. I I don't know if I'm just lucky or um, just not put in like an awkward position, but it's just kind of, I get to teach third graders about what's in the Bible and stuff. But at the same time, I still get to go and live my kind of lifestyle as close to what the Bible says, but obviously I don't like women, so I'm not going to like play it off. Yeah, and I think, um, I mean, I've talked to a lot of um, gay people before that they are religious and then decide that it's not for them, I guess, um, when when they yeah. come out, you know, because it's really hard for them to sort of reconcile those differences. And yeah. so did you ever go through a point like that? No, I always just kind of like stuck through it, like, my my mom and dad and I weren't as close for a couple years in high school because I kind of like told them I was gay and they just had some problems with like coming to terms with it. But besides that, like I continued like going to church all through college as well. Um, obviously, my parents are very used to it now. Like we'll be in public and my mom will be like, look at the hot guy over there. I guess it just, I just stuck through it and just realized that at the end of the day, like don't read too far into the Bible either. You got to take it with kind of like, especially like the Old Testament says all these like crazy things that don't really relate to this day and age anymore. So I think it's being progressive and just kind of living your life as close as you can to your religion. But in certain certain circumstances, I'm not going to marry a woman. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah, it's kind of just like a moderate, you got to meet in the middle. Um, So, I, I mean, just to transition back to the election, I know that you mentioned that it's not, you know, it's something that you pay attention to, but it's not necessarily, you know, the issue that you vote on. And so, I know, I read an article a little, I don't know, a few months ago that was like, we have the most anti-LGBT administration coming. I think that they were referencing mostly Pence. So I was just wondering with right. the VP nomination, I mean, did you know that about Pence? And if you did, uh, or when you did find it out, did that sort of blemish your idea of the Trump administration and make you reconsider? Um, no, it never made me reconsider. I knew a little bit about it, um, but I also think that the media and definitely social media these days dramatizes a lot of those things. I mean, I go on like CNN and I look at like all of the all the news headlines, and every single one has to do with the Trump and the Trump administration. Maybe that's just because I didn't pay attention four years ago. Everything is highly, I think, dramatized and being involved in the, the gay community. I see posts every day that have all these things exactly like that, that are, that are like, oh my God, all my rights are going to be gone. Everything's just, we're going to move backwards. And I just don't really think that one person um, or an administration has that much power and i think that our community is strong enough that if things did start moving backwards we would take a stand Mm -hmm. 
you know, you sort of uh, mentioned that you feel like the community is strong enough to really fight back if something is going on. Do you feel like you can vote on other issues because the community is strong and you're just like, okay, like, we'll handle it? Right. And maybe that is totally me feeling selfish about it and just kind of being like, it'll be handled, maybe not by me, but by by certain people that are much more passionate about it than I am. Definitely. I probably feel like I'm kind of just like, if it goes down that path, like I know someone, someone, some organization, some group will probably have it under control. Yeah. So like hypothetically, say something did sort of blow up. I think the thing that I see feared most often, and especially among the LGBT community is, you know, Mike's support of gay conversion therapy. And so say something as like, you know, crazy as that, or, you know, even, I don't know, just like some detriment to the community right say in four years if something came about would that be enough for you to like maybe consider voting third party definitely okay yeah definitely i mean it's something like total weird um you know one of those like weird things exactly like okay like if you register as gay like you can't you can't eat at these restaurants you know and like kind of just really like the more or less, like, tone from the top, like, our president is saying those kinds of things, like, not okay. I consider it, and I took the risk, but I didn't think anything like that would. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so I just do, I want to kind of circle back um, to what we were talking about before. And if you could just, we were talking about the 2016 election, and we were talking about um, how you really liked Ben Carson. And so, and that you didn't really love Donald Trump at first. And so I was just wondering if you could sort of touch on what you think of him uh, as a person. I know it became more of a strategy for you to vote for him in order to be Secretary Clinton, but I was just wondering if you could touch on him as a person and what you thought of him then and what you think of him now. Yeah, so um, a lot of, um, I got my bachelor's and my master's here at UNM at the business school, and we always studied Donald Trump. And numerous situations, um, case studies, um, type of projects. Not all were good, definitely. He's not a perfect um, business person, especially. But kind of like you just learn to kind of say, like, okay, he takes risks. He um, thinks to always try and like get to that next level. So you kind of admire him from a business standpoint, definitely, especially when you're going through business school. Then I left college, obviously, like, years ago, and then I never, like, really heard of him again, you know, doing his own thing. But then all of a sudden, he came out of the woodwork, and I was like, what? Like, this is pretty, this is pretty random, was my first thought. Um, then I thought it was a joke. And then I, I am not proud to say I like, I like who he is on social media. Like I said, earlier, I think he's quite obnoxious rude and considerate a lot of times. I also feel, though, that a lot of that's blown out of proportion again by the media and social media and things like that. But he's not my number one choice, and it was really, really hard for me to fill in that bubble. I think at the end of the day, he has a lot of passion um, for the United States succeeding. I'm not like in love with him or anything, but I did vote for him, so... Yeah. You've mentioned um, sort of media a lot lately and how it sort of over-dramatizes things. And so I was just wondering if you could talk a little bit about sort of how you get um, most of your news and what sources you get them through. Yeah. Not like a huge, huge news person. I don't even have TV. I normally just get it via um, the internet. I typically go to CNN versus Fox News because Fox News paints, I think, too good of a picture for the Republicans. And I kind of like that more like, okay, just tell me the truth. Give me the worst case scenario. And I think places like CNN or other news outlets are going to be a little bit more liberal. It's going to give me a more realistic view, I want to say, of how bad things are versus Fox News is going to paint a rainbow every day, I think, for, for the Republican Party. I don't always believe everything. Um, like I said, a lot of it's dramatized. The campaigns were painted uh, very differently. Um, I think a lot of times the media tries to paint the candidate, of course, that they want to win um, in a much better light. And I mean, that's why I really didn't think Donald Trump was going to win because every single media article, everything was 
in her favor. Um, at that point, even on Fox News. Was there any part of you this election that even considered voting for Secretary Clinton? No, never. Okay. Um, I, I would have feelings about her. I just uh, so she just like makes me like she like kept me up at night a lot during the election actually like because the things she would say and um, just kind of like. It ultimately, it ultimately comes down to her history. I I read a book, and I don't even remember what it was. It was years ago, um, about how she basically already ran the White House. She's always just kind of done some shady moves. And then the whole um, email stuff, working for a national lab, like I know like how detrimental that could be like to our safety and security, and it freaks me out that every day, if I were to do something like that, I would go to jail. There was just a lot of just things that didn't sit right with me. And I would never, I mean, she is a total powerhouse and obviously a very successful politician and she's a businesswoman and everything like that. And I'm not going to knock her on any of that because she's definitely done a lot more than I have. But um, it really just came down to honesty and transparency and not saying Donald Trump is the most honest guy either. But when it comes to something like our national security like that really just freaked me out. Um, and it was a total turnoff. Mm-hmm. So you, so you believe that like if you were, if we we're comparing, you know, sort of her biggest downfall, this election was, you know, people kept talking about that, she, you know, that she was untrustworthy and that she was, like you said, not transparent. And you think that Donald Trump sort of has a better handle on these things. So I wouldn't say a better, um, Handle, I would say, in these situations, at at that point in time, I think that he realized more than she did how important it was as a country not to have those things go out, not to, I mean, it's, it's really, it's not a complicated subject. I mean, things are marked confidential, they're marked official use only, they're marked secret, you know, all these things that you have one job and you know who you can and who you cannot send them to. And when you can't follow like that very simple rule, how can we expect you to like go and be our president? You know, so I just feel like since it's such a simple rule, I do kind of think that if you follow those rules and are set out very clearly to you, then yeah, like I, I would trust him more in that sense. You've sort of mentioned how you don't really love Trump as a person and don't really love Hillary Clinton as a person. Do you think that it like honestly just kind of come down, comes down to his character? I mean, especially given that he sort of, you know, goes against the Catholic values I think that you're voting on. I think in this election though, a lot of people were just like, I hate him. I hate her. Um, in the story. Like mm-hmm. that's horrible. Honestly, it's actually really horrible as a, as a country because we're, um, I feel to an extent not voting for, um, our future. We're voting for the popularity contest. Yeah. So, um, and I feel that's why everyone was so passionate about it um, and kind of just was so mean about it. Like I was talking to people that night and I was just like, I can't believe this is even happening. And they were just like, don't ever talk to me again. And I'm like, whoa, pal, like we're all allowed to vote. Like, and they were just so mad about it. Um, And they still are. I, I wasn't happy with with who I had to vote for, but I feel like I had to vote for him. But I mean, I had to kind of do my internal coping, you know, right after I voted, I early voted. Um, it was like late October and just like after a couple of days, it was just kind of like, it kind of sucks that you're put in a situation of voting for someone you're not the biggest fan of, but it was kind of just lesser of two evils. So I kind of had to cope with myself. I think a lot of people had to kind of just say, same thing with Hillary. Like maybe I don't trust her as much, but I got to make that vote. Were you expecting Donald Trump to win? No, not at all. Okay. I was like going to come home. Um, I came home that day after work and was kind of just watching the TV. And, you know, kind of, especially in the last election, I do specifically remember that the Republicans were ahead like the entire night. And then towards the end, it just flip-flopped, and then obviously Obama won by quite a lot, I believe. It was kind of just like I was expecting that whole thing to happen again and just kind of like, oh, yeah, we look ahead now, but it's all like just how the system works, and it's 
who the states are that come in first. I just freaked out, like, towards, like, right before I went to bed. I was like, this is not real. Like, (laughs) yeah, I definitely thought Hillary Clinton was going to win. Because, I mean, I have spoken to some people that they cast their vote for Donald Trump thinking that he would never win in a thousand years, you know? Um, And so right when the election happened, they were telling me that they felt like they thought more critically about what their vote meant, you know? They were like, oh, wait, you know, Definitely. I, vote, I cast my vote thinking he wouldn't win. Is this actually who I want to be president, you know? Um, is that Definitely. something that happened to you? Um, not so much me, just because I knew um, either way that New Mexico was definitely going to be um, voting for Hillary Clinton as a whole. So for me, it was just kind of like, okay, there's no way. I know it's kind of sad. My vote really didn't make a big difference. But I mean, I had to vote just to say that, yes, I exercised my power. But I think if I was in like a swing state where it was totally questionable, I think I definitely would have thought a little bit more critically about, oh my God, like, do I really just know what I did? Like, you know, but just the fact that New Mexico wasn't even considered to go that way was more just like, okay, can't vote for her, so I have to vote for Donald Trump. All right, guys, thanks so much for listening to us again after such a long break. We hope that you enjoyed this first part of the two-part episode on Trump voters. Stay tuned for next week. Yeah, in, in our part two, we're going to have two more voters. So uh, make sure, and um, especially if you enjoyed today, we have some really interesting stuff for you next week. So make sure and come back. Thanks for listening. Bye.